welcome to this episode of Diabetes Dialogue. I'm Natalie Risher and the CEO of the National Association of Diabetes Centres. Diabetes Dialogue is a podcast for healthcare professionals across Australia. We have presentations from leading experts worldwide and it's our hope that this podcast series inspires you to provide optimal care for people living with diabetes. And now let's welcome today's topic and expert speaker. Professor Alifa Kinchi is presenting on leading diabetes care innovations through the Australian Centre for Accelerating Diabetes Innovations, ACARDI. Professor Akinchi is an esteemed clinician, researcher and academic endocrinologist. She leads the Diabetes Unit at Austin Health, overseeing both clinical care and diabetes and obesity clinical trials. And she's the inaugural director of ACARDI. Please enjoy this episode. Well, thank you for the kind introduction and also thanks for inviting me to present today. And I'm delighted to talk to um, everyone in the audience about our new centre. But I'd like to begin also by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we live, research and meet and pay my respects to their elders past and present and uh, to any Indigenous people present online. Um, I'd also like to acknowledge people in the audience who are living day to day with diabetes. So today I'll be presenting on behalf of our ACARDI team and you can see the individuals here. I'd like to thank and acknowledge uh, our great team and our great partners who helped make ACARDI a reality. So what is ACARDI? Well, um, ACARDI stands for the Australian Centre for Accelerating Diabetes Innovations. So really uh, what happened is in, in July 2020, the Australian government announced that uh, an organisation called MTP Connect will deliver the Medical Research Future Fund, $47 million um, of research into a targeted translation research accelerator. And this is really um, something to rapidly um, bring innovation into um, ultimately products which can help our patients. Um, and it's really designed to provide a new integrated research program to improve the management and treatment of diabetes and cardiovascular disease in Australia. So the TTRA program was set up to establish two research centres, one for diabetes and one for cardiovascular disease, and also fund um, individual research projects as well. And you can see this is the expert advisory board. So um, it is to fund ACARDI, which is the diabetes centre, and also ASHRA, which is the cardiovascular centre, as well as these research projects. And some of you in the audience may in fact be involved in some of these research projects. And really a lot of this is um, enabling translation and impact. Um, so what is ACARDI? Um, we were uh, successful in uh, leading the bid last year with our partners and our centre was announced in January. So it's really a once in a lifetime chance to transform the field of diabetes and its complications. And our vision is to benefit people with diabetes at each stage from diagnosis to its devastating complications. And the CARDI's purpose is to deliver novel interventions for timely diagnosis, prevention and treatment of diabetes and its complications. And our values are excellence, integrity, equity and innovation. So with inputs from local and international experts um, and uh, with um, 
platform support to accelerate the research and development uh, and a national Accardi training program and a sustainable model to achieve ongoing impact. What we would like to see at the end of the four years of funding is progression of our 18 innovative products or projects progressing along their technology readiness level stages and completion of um, uh, 15 Accardi PhD students and 12 postdoc projects and potentially commercial gains for the Australian um, economy, as well as improving in quality of life and um, health and well-being of Australians living with um, type 1 and type 2 diabetes. So even if we could reduce the, um, you know, it, over our time, like our aim is to really increase the quality of life and close the gap of 19 years of life expectancy for people living with diabetes complications. That's the that's the that's the difference uh, once you start getting complications and in, in terms of cost um, to, you know, in terms of the need to close the gap is that, in fact, if you have multiple complications of diabetes, this is a major problem and there is a, a health gap as well as a, a quality of life impact. And so even a 1% reduction of these diabetes complications could potentially lead to approximately 50 million cross savings per year. So our vision is big and our purpose will be realised as we've brought together um, a great team of people across the country. It's a virtual centre and it's a collaborative centre and it's very inclusive. So we have 70 organisations across the country and they include things like academic partners, health advocacy groups, health services, as well as industry partners who've come along uh, together as they believe in the team track record and, that, and the work to improve outcomes. Um, and so how we got to these projects was that our colleagues across the country submitted 75 projects which were shortlisted for our research portfolio using the criteria of clinical impact and commercialization feasibility with the end user in mind. And in light of the four year timeframe, uh, we didn't list very early short, um, early stage projects. And, um, and the other thing is that this national network then will allow us to result in the ability to under, undertake collaborative research and access to trials across the country. So um, ACARDI will enable new innovation across the country to progress to commercialization. So through our enabling platforms, which include health economics, co-design with people living with type 1 diabetes, uh, biostatistics and behavioural uh, implementation and epidemiology platforms, as well as our advisory groups, which is the Independent Scientific and Commercialisation Advisory Group, an international advisory group, an Indigenous advisory group and a community advisory group and training as well as a training program advisory group, then um, as well as our national and international clinical research industry consumer and investor networks, then what we aim to do is to pave the way to allow people across the country to have access to these innovative products and clinical trials. Um, so ultimately our patients will have access to um, these trials and some of the examples of these trials um, I can uh, give you. They um, are varied projects. They're sh um, shortlisted projects. They're really impactful and synergistic and uh, they're at different stages of what's called technology readiness levels. Um, and they're all supported by these platforms and their training programs. Um, so they include things like in vitro diagnostic projects, and I can talk a little bit more about them in detail, digital health projects, new devices, therapeutics, and behavioural interventions. And they also are aiming at um, uh, prevention and management as well. And you can see the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people with diabetes can participate in any of these projects, but some of the, the flags indicate some more specific um, studies which are highly relevant for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Um, and obviously will be conducted following 
community consultation and, in, and interest. So um, just in terms of um, the the three complications, so how the the funders um, came to funding these areas is um, they worked at, they did a needs analysis to work out what is sort of what are the pain points in diabetes um, complications and and you know what are the things that are really difficult to manage for clinicians for people what are the things that are really difficult for living with di- diabetes compl- you know in terms of having complications what are the things that impact quality of life for the person living with the condition what are the things that lead to multiple hospital um uh, admissions and so diabetic kidney disease came after this needs analysis which was um, done by MTP Connect which where they got in touch with people living with the condition with diabetes with diabetes nurse educators di- um, endocrinologists researchers health economists hospital people industry they decided that diabetic kidney disease was one of those really difficult to treat um, complication which uh, <laughs> which causes a lot of stress for the people living with the condition, obviously, and then also is a big burden on the on the, um, on the the healthcare system. So obviously a third of people living with diabetes develop diabetic kidney disease, which is a leading cause of end-stage kidney disease requiring transplantation and dialysis and is a major risk factor for cardiovascular disease and premature birth, uh, death, um, premature death. So our research will focus on early identification of people at risk for diabetic kidney disease, improvement of its diagnosis, prognostication and management, as well as novel kidney disease therapies. Um, And these will target the key pathogenic factors of hyperglycemia, inflammation and mitochondrial dysfunction. You can see the the priority elites here, and they include Professor Richard McIsaac, who's an endocrinologist, Professor Alan Cass, um, who's a nephrologist, and Professor Josephine Forbes, who's a scientist, and myself. So what are these projects? So one uh, one of them is uh, led by Professor Grant Morahan, and it's a genetic test to identify people who are at high risk of developing diabetic kidney disease at the time of diabetes diagnosis. So that um, also allows targeted management. Um, so that's what that particular project's uh, looking at. Um, another project is uh, a new model for estimating glomerular filtration rate by applying artificial intelligence um, using machine learning, and that's led by myself and my team. Another one is led by Professor Tim Davis, which is really um, looking at the use of um, a prognostic biomarker test called ProMarker D, uh, led by Proteomics International, which is an Australian company for identifying high diabetic kidney disease risk people. So. In terms of the diagnosis, like there is um, the currently used equation that we have at the moment, which is the CKD EPI equation, uh, was not primarily developed from people with diabetes. It was uh, developed from a a larger um, cohort, but only a a proportion of people had diabetes in it. And there are some inaccuracies of estimating kidney function using this equation, which is currently the equation that we use in clinical practice. But this is um, really trying to improve that accuracy um, of diagnosis. So what about management? So this is led by um, Social Professor Joanne manskin and Curvis, and it's called, uh, it's part of the uh, Future Health and Talk to Recruit projects, which are led at the University of Melbourne, which is really software um, used to identify high-risk people in primary care who may benefit from kidney protective 
um, agents and it's really to provide decision support and identify people who may be eligible to participate in clinical trials. Um, so that's obviously a highly relevant project for this audience. Um, another project is um, a hybrid closed loop uh, to improve glycemia, which is led by Professor David O'Neill. So this is actually um, recruiting now. So if you have, so it's a closed loop system of 780G Medtronic with um, continuous glucose monitoring, obviously, uh, for these patients. And it's to see whether that device and technology improves um, glucose management in people who have diabetic kidney disease with an EGFR of less than 45. So if you have people who have type 1 or type 2 diabetes with reduced kidney function who you think would be eligible, you know, who may be interested in being part of a trial, then um, obviously you can contact um, David's team or myself. Um, another project is uh, with a company called Dimerics, which is an Australian company to help improve kidney function loss in people with diabetic kidney disease. It's um, to help reduce the inflammation in, in um, kidney and and this will be a trial which will start um, later on um, this year. Um, so again, if you have someone who has diabetic kidney disease who particularly is interested in being part of trials, obviously um, you can contact us as well. Um, Professor Josephine Forbes is going to be looking at a new agent to look, target mitochondrial dysfunction. So that's still very early phase. That's not really ready for clinical trials at this stage. So now we move on to the foot um, complications. So again, you know, after this needs analysis, it became obvious that um, um, peripheral neuropathy and diabetic foot syndrome is a really major issue. It's a really uh, difficult condition to treat for the people living with it, with it, it causes a lot of stress and, and burden, um, as well as, um, uh, as um, you know, you know, obviously amputation is one of the, the things that um, many people fear and worry about. Um, so it is an area which also is um, a large health burden uh, to, um, uh, to economic burden to the community. So this is led by um, a team across the country who were leaders in this space. So Matt, Dr. Matthew Maloney is a podiatrist, um, Professor Robert Fittridge, who's a vascular surgeon, Professor Alison Cohen, who's a scientist and is really an expert in wound and Associate Professor Paul Wright, who's an endocrinologist. So, you know, 50,000 people live, um, have diabetes-related foot disease, and it's a leading cause of amputations. And it's actually one of the top 20 causes of hospitalizations. And diabetic foot disease mortality rates are a lot worse than many cancers, and it costs Australian estimated $1.6 billion annually. So and peripheral sensory neuropathy is a major complication, um, and 80% of people later on, especially in the disease, can have this um, neuropathy. And they can have things like falls, balance issues, debilitating pain, and there are limited options. Um, so what are these projects? So um, diabetic neuropathy treatment is a, a project. Uh, so one of the projects is um, triple therapy for painful peripheral neuropathy, and that's led by Associate Professor Spiros Folanos, who's um, uh, based at Royal Melbourne Hospital. Um, another device, um, it's actually a device to help improve sensation in the feet. And this is, um, you know, akin to um, a hearing aid device. This is really to improve sensation in the, in the feet. Um, and it's led by scientists uh, from Sydney, uh, Professor Paul Breen and Associate Professor George Serrador. And it's a feeling aid device in early phase of development. So what are some other, other ones? Well, there's one that... Um, uh, we're doing with Raina, um, as well as um, Dinesh Kumar, who's an um, engineer at RMIT. Uh, we're looking at thermal imaging to predict ulcer healing status. 
which um, obviously will have potentially a lot of implications um, uh, if we can uh, across the country for for uh, monitoring. And another project is called the Unicorn Project, which is really looking at uh, the base of the ulcer, um, and it's a it is um, really to it's a platform to investigate the base of the ulcer, and then also to look at um, whether certain antibiotic um, combinations might be better for our patients. And the final um, complication that the centre is addressing is these acute complications. So many people in the audience would really know this very well. Obviously the the, the um, health impact and the quality of life uh, effects of hypoglycemia and those acute complications of hyperglycemia, which include hyperosmolar syndrome and ketoacidosis. Um, obviously, um, this is a difficult complication uh, for us to, to manage as well. And and this this complication um, stream is led by Spiros Falanos, David O'Neill and Wendy Davis. Um, obviously, these complications can be devastating include in leading to vital organ injury as well as death and sign cause significant psychological, societal and economic burdens. And many people uh, are in our hospitals day to day with these complications and are really our project is really trying to prevent these acute metabolic complications you know, in, in all um, these individuals um, and, and really to help people um, in the community to um, prevent hospitalisation. So what are these projects? So when people get admitted to hospital, one of them is looking at um, really a, a rapid way of um, predicting and alerting clinicians who are in the hospital. It's called REGAS and it's a novel real-time electronic glucometric alert system. And it's really to identify risk of hypoglycemia, HHS and DKA to help optimise glycemia and reduce infection in the hospital setting. Uh, with a very um, with an early diabetes specialist and um, diabetes nurse educator and nurse practitioner intervention, which is led by um, Spiros Falanos. Um, another project is led by Anish Menon and um, Tony Russell, and that's looking at um, remodel. It's like a smartphone application paired with glucose meters to generate automated text messaging for people living with diabetes with multidisciplinary um, diabetes nurse educators and uh, a team, a part of the team, and um, it's really to help integrate this into the electronic medical record as well. Uh, so there's one uh, project which um, Professor David O'Neill's leading, which is really a structured approach incorporating interstitial fluid ketone sensing in type 1 diabetes and in combination with SGLT2 inhibitor use to help prevent ketoacidosis and really this has the potential to um, help transform major cardiovascular, uh, cardiovascular cardiorenal outcomes because at the moment we can't use SGLT2 inhibitors in people with type 1 diabetes because of the risk of ketoacidosis. And if this ketone sensor um, is successful, then it opens um, a world um, of, um, you know, it potentially uh, will allow us to be able to use these um, uh, drugs to help protect the kidneys and hearts of people living with with diabetes. So one of the projects that I'm um, leading is um, is really through the flash uh, glucose monitoring, which is um, we already um, uh, have a clinical trial underway um, for this, which is using flash glucose monitoring. But in this particular um, aspect, which is um, uh, is to help fund a PhD student who's uh, we're looking for an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander PhD student to really help us um, assess what are the um, quality of, you know, of life measures that are important for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people? Um, and this is important for health economic analysis, not just for FLASH, but for other diabetes interventions, um, which, 
may be of use to Indigenous and Torres Strait Islander people. I have a long, um, uh, uh, I suppose, um, interest and track record of trying to, uh, of working uh, across um, our country to help improve outcomes for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people living with diabetes. So we're really looking for um, an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander PhD um, student, uh, a nurse or um, community work, healthcare worker or diabetes nurse educator who may be interested in um, being part of um, our team and to um, help us identify what it, what are some of the quality of life um, tools that we need to be, uh, be using for people living with type uh, with diabetes who are Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander background. Um, another project is um, led by Professor Josephine Forbes and it's really helping to look at um, a, a small molecule to help improve beta cell function in people with type 1 diabetes and helping to help ultimately reduce the risk of diabetic ketoacidosis. Um, and hyperglycemia. Another project that we're doing in this complication is really to help um, assess the impact of extremes of glucose on quality of sleep because qual sleep quality is, um, uh, you know, it's really not been well studied in diabetes and really obviously has a sleep is one of those pillars of health, you know, it has such an impact on quality of life. So we really want to study that in people with type 1 and type 2 diabetes um, to um, understand and to help develop interventions down the track. Um, there is another project which is um, led by Professor um, Philip Clark and Dr Arne from um, University of Melbourne, and it's really uh, the Acardi Health Economic Unit, which will um, commercialise um, the type 1 diabetes simulation model of software to help um, using qualities to evaluate new technologies for people with type 1 diabetes. They've successfully done this for type 2 diabetes and they're world leaders in this space. And then finally, um, uh, the last project that's funded as part of the portfolio of projects is a structured behavioural education program to empower technology um, for, for uh, technology using people with type 1 diabetes to manage their uh, diabetes, um, to help improve, manage their diabetes. So these projects are all um, supported by what we call platforms and they basically provide sort of diabetes specific expertise. Um, for these projects, and they include things like implementation science, commercialization, advisory, consumer, well, what's what we call not, uh, not consumer, but community uh, and end user engagement, um, as well as um, clinical trials um, platform as well. And you can see here that, and so the health economic leads are um, Philip Anan, Victoria Palmer is um, the co-design platform lead. She's got a very extensive history of working with li people living with the condition and um, and here in this case she will um, help, uh, she'll work with Renza uh, Scabilia who's the chairperson of the Akadi Community Advisory Group um, for that platform and then uh, Professor Leonid Churilov who's um, the Biostats platform lead. And um, uh, Dr Christelle Hendricks and Dr um, Elizabeth Holmes Truscott, who are both from Deakin University, who will also lead the behavioural platforms. Um, and Professor Jill Francis will lead the implementation science um, platform. And um, Wendy Davis will um, lead epidemiology. Next, next line, please. So there's a, obviously an opportunity for people in this audience to um, uh, consider the training program. So the uh, social professor Sarah Galastros is a training program lead. And it's really um, to find people like yourselves in the audience who may be, um, uh, you know, interested in do, undertaking a high degree or undertaking a project. Um, uh, and it's really to help train the current and future leaders in innovation and provide people with critical skills in commercialization, clinical trial design, translation, 
as well as, well as um, diabetes uh, help support with um, diabetes knowledge um, in terms of you know, consumer clinical and regulatory perspective. And, and the CARDI graduates will form a national network of innovator, innovators. And, and these, um, um, the training program will comprise of people across the country and it's really to help. So what are the opportunities here? Well, um, we will support new PhD um, stipends and you may have seen already, we've got one advertised, at the, we've got two actually advertised at the moment. Uh, which are, um, will be through um, the Deacon team. They've got two stipends. Uh, one is for um, Spiros's inpatient glucose management one, as well as um, the other one, which is um, to help Joanne Manskin and Kervis for the um, general practice one. So people like yourselves who may be interested in doing a higher degree, there is, um, you know, uh, funded stipends for these projects. So um, I would encourage if anyone's interested to contact myself or look online at the and follow Akadi that all the opportunities will be posted. Um, and we're also particularly looking for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the audience. So if you work with people who may be interested, please um, let us know because um, that's um, obviously another group of people we really would like to engage and train up um, to help, you know, um, the communities living with these complications which are really you know taking a toll on communities so there's also training um seminars and these are going to be opening up um so uh we would love to have you be part of those seminars so i'm going to send um the invitation to lay so she could distribute it so ones that's coming up which is um uh, going to be actually a person living with type 1 diabetes presenting on the, the results of the large survey um, that they undertook across the country um, which will be very interesting for you. And um, they'll happen once a month, so we'll send them through. We'll also have professional development activities. So we'll have a, a CARDI summit in on World uh, Diabetes Day, which is 14th of November. So I'd encourage you to come along. Um, so it'll be all live um, through webcast uh, from Zoom, sorry, webinar. So if you can't attend in person, um, you can attend virtually. So if you're from, you know, wherever you are in, across the country, it'll be great for you to be part of that. And there'll be also um, mentoring and, and masterclasses, and we can certainly circulate all of those opportunities to your group here. And so this is the advisory group. So Renza Scabilia is um, chair of the community advisory group, and Ray Kelly's the chair of the Indigenous advisory group. There's also international advisory group, as well as the training advisory group. So um, Akadi Council is um, actually led by um, our chair, and we're very grateful to have Susan Alberti, which is one of Australia's preeminent um philanthropists having donated millions of dollars into medical research and charitable causes. Um, unfortunately, um, uh, Susan lost her child, Danielle, in her arms on the way back from New York, uh, who Danielle was living with type 1 diabetes for many years um, and unfortunately died in her arms. And she's really developed a passion for medical research when her only child passed away and she died tragically uh, from the complications of this chronic disease. Um, and it was really at that point that Susan's lifelong commitment to raise funds for better prevention treatment and to find a cure for people with type 1 diabetes um, became became a dedicated mission. And really, this is a message from her, is really delivering new interventions for timely diagnosis, prevention and treatment of diabetes and its complications that go with it is more than just a line in a report or media release. It's about making a difference to the quality of life of the tens of thousands of Australians and millions of people living around the world. So she, that's why she really wholeheartedly supports the work of Akadi and she's delighted to accept its chair position. This is um, our 
small but highly effective executive team. Uh, Michelle, Jean and Lindsay, they're really uh, great people and Lindsay will be emailing um, you with all the training opportunities um, and uh, which would be great for you to be part of that. Um, what we have, what we held earlier on in the year was um, a Australasian clinical trial network workshop and what we found that really uh, there's a real interest here to develop um, an Australasian um, diabetes clinical trial network because um, at the moment all this diabetes clinical trial activity is fragmented and people are, um, you know don't necessarily our patients can't assess, access these uh, amazing new therapies and technologies and what we would love to do is to establish this network in collaboration with our, all the other major diabetes organizations across the country and we really want to um, uh, this will be great for us to attract more clinical trial activity to Australia so our patients can have access to these um, amazing new um, advances. So again, just to say that um, uh, we've got our um, ACARDI partnering summit, so watch out for that 14th of November, and we've got our monthly seminars, which are all opening up to the public. Uh, we've got a little video to show, um, but just before I, I just want to say thank you to um, uh, all the team from ACARDI. Um, and before we show the video, um, and also the other thing that we have been done, doing over the years is, um, yes, so we've, um, over the years, we've worked um, across uh, Melbourne Union and uh, with clinicians. Uh, we've developed online virtual courses for people um, like yourselves who, you know, just to help upskill people in all the new advances. So we've got um, Diabetes Academy, which is what's new in diabetes, and then the advanced course. And um, also we have a course for people living with type 1 diabetes themselves, which is developed by people living with type 1 diabetes. So these are online uh, virtual courses that um, you may be interested in and you can just Google Diabetes Academy University of Melbourne. Um, and just to show you um, uh, our video, um, is that okay to do that now, Leigh? Or did you want to have questions, Raina? I think the video goes for five minutes. In January of 2022, MTP Connect, the Australian Growth Centre for the Medical Technologies, Biotechnology and Pharmaceutical Sector, uh, established two new virtual research centres in Australia, one for diabetes complications and one for cardiovascular disease related complications. This $20 million investment was made possible by the Australian Government and its Medical Research Future Fund and the program, the Targeted Translation Research Accelerator for Diabetes and Cardiovascular Disease. This is a new approach to medical research in Australia. What we're doing is bringing together over 100 partners across universities, medical research institutes, clinical and health networks, and industry and advocacy groups, all coming together, backed by additional funding and resources, to work towards the same common goal, and that is improving outcomes for people living with diabetes and cardiovascular disease, as well as their families. ACARDI, the Australian Centre for Accelerating Diabetes Innovations, and ASHRA, the Australian Stroke and Heart Research Accelerator, would rapidly translate innovations towards clinical practice. And what we're really excited about is following these 31 research projects already underway here in Australia. ASHRA stands for Australian Stroke and Heart Research Accelerator. It's a new virtual collaborative centre with the goal of creating a new sector-wide focus to how we translate cardiovascular science into improved cardiovascular outcomes with specific focus on coronary heart disease, heart failure and stroke. 
With Astra, what we do have is this great opportunity to bring a number of centres together from across the country and across the translational spectrum. The idea of developing new diagnostics for heart failure is very important and what we're going to do in this project is work with an industry partner, ESN Clear, and we're going to use a saliva-based diagnostic. And if we can develop that saliva test at scale, I can go out into regional areas hundreds of kilometres away and get to people where the unmet need is greater. We thought that a shared leadership model was really important because it forces us to collaborate across our sector. It's not the easiest model for us to implement with respect to leadership, but it does demonstrate how important we see real collaboration is. ASHRA realised to change the culture, sometimes it's easier to, to grow it and therefore our focus on supporting early to mid-career researchers seemed highly important. We have a large training program that will train multiple cardiovascular researchers as well as partners in translational science and acceleration into commercialisation. But there's also much to be learnt about how we can respond part of the ASHRA family, but also that individuals within mainstream services or academic institutions can come and learn directly in partnership with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people where they live so that they can develop skills that will make a difference to all Australians' lives. Diabetes has a major impact on people living with the condition. They have to think about uh, their diabetes on a day-to-day -day basis. That is a major burden for the individual, as well as their families and their carers. And diabetes leads to complications. This is a leading cause of end-stage kidney disease, requiring transplantation and dialysis. It is a leading cause of foot ulcers, leading to amputations. And it's also the leading cause of blindness as well. It's a major contributor to ischemic heart disease, stroke and cardiovascular death. ACARDI brings together a diverse group of researchers, scientists, engineers across the country. Each of the 18 projects can ultimately be supported and will also train the next generation of clinicians, researchers, scientists to really also think about commercialisation as well. Our projects span everything from novel diagnostics and therapeutics across behavioural interventions and into devices and even artificial intelligence. What we're looking at in ACARDI is a new therapeutic where we hope to stop the development of type 1 diabetes by targeting a very special group of cells called immune cells or T cells, which is responsible for fighting bacteria and viral infections. And we're going to be working with both international and Australian industry to bring this new therapy towards the clinic. We want to rally everybody together in diabetes to make sure that everybody has a voice and we can all turn our heads towards solving the very complex problems which we face in diabetes. Diabetes affects the Indigenous community across the whole lifespan. So it can begin through pre-birth with increased rates of gestational diabetes uh, to earlier onset of the disease at a younger age, then poorer health throughout the adult years and then an earlier death. Yeah, the exciting thing is Akadi is, is really focusing on some of the more complex diabetes complications like diabetic kidney disease, diabetic foot ulcers, neuropathy, and also uh, things like hyperglycemia and other more acute emergencies. What we've already seen in the Aboriginal community is when community have access to quality programs and good support, then they do get these great outcomes. On top of this, the centres will share their knowledge and train and mentor the next generation of diabetes and cardiovascular disease researchers and clinicians to continue the work that started today. 
We look forward to the research centres building new partnerships and international collaborations and ultimately driving these extraordinary innovations from the bench to the bedside and producing real change for patients and their families. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Diabetes Dialogue podcast by the National Association of Diabetes Centres. For more insights and resources, visit our website at nadc.net.au. The NADC is here to support you and your team in providing excellence in diabetes care. Until next time, keep up the dialogue on diabetes.